millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Scarlett. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. finally had some technical difficult technical difficulties to get here yeah well not engineers I'm just you know what I'm surprised we haven't had it more I mean I'm not (sighs) gonna say we've got like the best audio quality out there not at all I'm surprised we haven't had more technical difficulties (laughs) well I think we have in if we consider this is what two years running there <laughs> I think we had our fair share of technical yeah that's true it's true um <laughs> yeah so today I was really close to getting my nails done same I even yeah. took my nails off and was like I'm gonna book that nail appointment at four o'clock and then it wasn't there and so now I have no nails to go to work tomorrow <laughs> god forbid uh, I know God forbid, <laughs> I look like a little street rat. <laughs> no, actually, street rats have really long nails. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, after seeing you yesterday as well, I was like, I think I need to get my lashes done. Oh, uh, the problem is. They're not good for your own lashes. I don't think that's the case. Okay. Like, it depends who does it. My lady's pretty good, but. The reason I never wanted to get them done is because I didn't want to hate my face without them. And like, so yesterday I wasn't wearing makeup when I saw you. Like I probably had some residual eyebrow stuff and then just kind of had the lashes. And you kind of just feel like, yeah, I look somewhat more put together than I would if I was wearing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm telling myself it's just for summer because summer is like a lower lower level of makeup vibe. But yeah. 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 I'm telling myself that I was like, well, first of all, I was like, I've already said to you, your lashes look very good. Like natural looking, but yeah, lots of people like, have have you had them done? No, that your eye, your your lashes are longer. Yeah. You know, but they yeah. don't look fake, if that makes sense. That was like my one requirement I said to the girl. She's like, I don't want to look 
crazy. Like I actually want them more for when I'm not wearing makeup than when I am, mm. you know? Yeah. I'm, I think I'm kidding myself when I say, oh, you know, like I want them for when I go on holiday, but I need to make sure I get them before that so that I'm happy with how they mm. look. Like you can't go to a lash lady or a nail lady for the first time before no like that's like a wedding thing you know when you hear the stories of someone suddenly getting their glam for a wedding they've never practiced the glam before yeah they've never practiced it before yeah I think I might just get my nails done tomorrow oh yeah I'm I'm gonna try and either get mine done after work or I'm gonna have to do them myself after work is the situation because I can only have one day of attendance without nice hands at work (laughs) Oh, I've got meetings and stuff. You know what I think about is because I mean, for our listeners, you don't know, I am firmly in the short nails gang. Like, but you have really long nail beds. Yeah, I do. That is fair enough. So I quite when I don't have acrylics, which is not that often. I don't often get acrylics, um, but I like them to be quite short. Um, but so that when I'm like deciding, oh, you know, I'd really like to get nails back and have fun nails and longer mm-hmm. nails and like cute designs and all of that, I think to myself of the added grooming expense that's gonna incur on me. And I'm like, am I is this my lifestyle yeah. to be spending like 40 pounds plus on nails a month? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, but it's stressful, I'm, it really is. It's a it, yeah. it's a real commitment. Yeah, and I know that we've got quite a number of US listeners and the prices I've heard that nails, getting your nails done is over there, is astounding. It's really expensive to get your nails done over there from what I can, from what I hear. I mean, when I say here, I mean like the comment section of beauty pages. Yeah, I, I think like beauty stuff there is really different. I feel like to get your hair done is quite affordable but I feel like nails sounds really expensive. I don't know, but I do. I think nails are quite expensive anyway here. I think it depends where you go. Because I know like around here, you could probably get your nails done between 25 and 30 pounds. Really? And when I think about the work involved in getting mm. nails, I'm like, you know what? I see where the price comes in. <laughs> because it's it's tedious work, isn't it? Um, it's not for me I don't even like getting them done so that's not something I'm gonna sit and patiently do all day there's no way yeah but there is like skill and lots of different yeah oh it's so much skill I bet it's quite fun if you're doing nail art and all of that stuff as well Mm. yeah yeah anyway Mm -hmm. um listeners we'll uh let you know if we do end up get our nails did (laughs) what's your fashion story (laughs) (laughs) my fashion story is not really a story but just like a moment of appreciation for Scarprelli's Haute Couture collection that I've just seen 
glimpses of today. Just stunning. I really, really couldn't name another brand that has been on my radar that's, that does haute couture. I'm not talking about ready to wear and other things. Um, another brand that does haute couture and is bringing out looks that are better thought out, that are more beautiful, that are more eye-catching and really have a sense of brand identity as much as Scarpelli at the moment. I look at the shows and I think, my God, like I would want to, I would want to wear that stuff. It's not like, um, you, sometimes you can look at shows and think beautiful craftsmanship, amazing work, thousands of hours of hand painting something, blah, 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 blah. But it's not for me. But then I look at this show and I think, oh my God, if I had the chance to wear something like that, it's stunning. Mm, I feel like they really are having a moment. This happens for different brands at different points, but I do, I think they're really having a moment. I think they're really just turning it out. And I think in fashion, consistency gets rewarded like big time. If you are delivering show after show and you are hitting your mark, I just think that then like gets really rewarded. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just think they're doing some really stunning, elevated, classic, but modern, like they're just finding that right mix and they're getting attention from a real variety of celebs and endorsers and all of that stuff. And I think it's like a really exciting time for them. Yeah, me up. Definitely. So yeah, just a moment of silence for Scarprelli, but in the best way. They're not yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> what is your fashion story? So they are part of my fashion story. So my fashion story is that the weekend just gone, Adele did two weekends or two days, Saturday, Sunday of British Summertime Festival in London, High Park. Mm-hmm. And her first look was Scarparelli. I that's not the first time she's been in Scarpelli, is yeah. it? And her mm-hmm. second look was Louis Vuitton. And I can't think of many other artists that kind of wear, because of the way she styles herself for her shows, she wears like a bit of a frock, she wears a bit of a ball gown. Yeah. She is ever since she kind of did her 21 album, she's been she wore Burberry for her um Glastonbury headlining she wears a lot of fashion looks and a lot of you know that's not that common for a singer to be standing on stage and it not be a costume and it actually to be some high fashion pieces and to be honest they were both black like floor length gowns like similar aesthetic but yeah I just thought that that was kind of funny that you'd picked up on Scarparelli and that's one of her designers of choice and Louis Vuitton and just like she's serving some looks. Um, And yeah, I think she's a bit of like a a secret fashion girl. I don't think people really realise how uncommon it is for that to be what people wear on stage. Like Beyonce gets outfits designed for her Mm. Like most performers have a costume designer. Mm. 
So it's quite I, cool. Yeah, I don't know if she is a fashion girl, but I, I definitely think she has a look that she likes. She likes black or she likes to wear quite dark colours. And I think in one interview she said she quite likes 1960s makeup, eye looks. Um, and then she always has like a, a chignon, like her hair is always in a, a very like classic updo. Um, or like Hollywood waves. And so she, I think her overall aesthetic is not old Hollywood, but a more vintage, classic look of, look of like yesteryear. Um, And you're right, most people who are now performers, they do wear costumes or it's very, it's like over-accessorized. So they've got like boots and like, a leotard and really short shorts and a crop top mm. and then extra long nails with all this decoration and they've got these really flamboyant sunglasses and hairstyles and lots lots yeah. going on and it's not to say they aren't great looks like for example Doja Cat she has like a different look it's very like Gen Z mm. all the time reinventing herself like yeah having a lot of fun with it exactly and like I think it works for her she pulls off these things amazingly well because it's her whole vibe is fun um but that's kind of what everyone does and you're right in that Adele dresses like she dresses like those R&B divas like Diana Ross where she comes out with like big shouldered sequin number or I don't know like all those other like big voice divas that come on stage they're not giving you dance routines they're not giving you choreography they're giving you a ball gown and a microphone in one spot and that's that is or enables Adele to have these big Oscar gowns on stage. That's so true. That's so true. And yeah, people have paved the path for her to be able to, yeah, yeah, wear that. Mm. We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves of Substance Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics, all the stuff that we discuss in each episode, and our polls. Or reach out to us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories. We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. Today we're going to discuss the style icon that is J-Lo. So if you haven't seen it, there's recently been a documentary on Netflix called Halftime 
halftime show or halftime um, with J-Lo. And yeah, she she sort of reveals a bit, a lot, a few years, is it? A few years of like the background of her leading up to her halftime show and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's quite interesting. And it just touches on these like cultural high points that she's a part of. Um, and yeah, if you guys enjoy this episode, it definitely could be the first of many style icon episodes where we explore, yeah, the like the top fashion moments and big influence moments of, of you know, superstars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I just clocked that it's called Halftime, not only because she was doing the halftime show, but she turns 50. It's also like half. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I hadn't considered that. Yeah. Neither did I. Because I thought, why would you want to call your documentary that? Yeah, I like Um, that. But yeah, J-Lo, she's been around for a while, hasn't she? Um, Like her or loathe her, she is a massive pop star, you know, recognisable the world over um, and undeniably gorgeous as well. And let's touch on that. First point, J-Lo. And it's not even a 50-year-old thing. It's just a person thing. Watching this documentary, and I know that it's produced by her and her team, and so it's going to be curated and edited in a way that's going to make her look phenomenal, not just aesthetically and visually, but great as a person in general but watching this I really did think to myself wow I never see JLo looking rough even when she's busting her ass doing dance routines she looks phenomenal her body looks amazing and it really made me appreciate the level of work that is involved to keep up appearances it looks stressful if I'm honest she like, because I think there was a day where she was going, she was did a workout before then doing re- rehearsals. And mm. in my head, I would have just thought rehearsals is workout enough. Mm. Um, but even just, even in some of the interviews, she looks pared down, like, and her hair isn't perfect, but she still just looks amazing. And she mm. never, yeah, she never looks rough. Like even when she's sweating, like she's wearing, she just looks great. And so, like, so much respect for her workout routine, whatever she does to stay in shape. Mm. I think she works really hard on that. Like, I don't think that comes easy. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, okay, she obviously probably has had a bit of work done to maintain looking youthful, mm-hmm. but. We also know, like, R.I.P. Linda Evangelista. Um, <laughs> that is not going to save you from... That's, yeah. like, yeah, that's not always the answer. You have to find the right work, the right the right beautician, the right doctor, whatever, the right surgeon. And mm. J.Lo has found whatever works for her, whatever that might be. I mean, her mum still looks great. Her mum was in the documentary. Her mum's a beautiful lady. Like, it clearly is a genetic thing as well. Mm. But she is beautiful. And that obviously really helps the fact that then she can serve a look and deliver it to the high nines. Yeah. 
And I think that what she's done is, I know this is not in a like a plastic surgery podcast, <laughs> but whatever work she has done and any treatments she's had done over the years, it's been really subtle work. Yeah. I mean, I will say that her her chin looks very tight. Like her under, what is it? The chin area. Oh. Tight. Mm. You know? More power to her because it does look great. Unrealistic, yes. <laughs> but great. Um, and she's obviously had really subtle work. And <clears throat> to kind of like always have your hair done and it's always like highlighted because she's obviously not a natural blonde. And to have all this like <clears throat> even to have makeup on your face every day or most days I think to myself how is your skin still nice because your skin needs to breathe there's so many variables when it comes to looking good on a red carpet and we talk about red carpet looks all the time but it's more than that there's so much work like skin treatments and you know like body treatments and all of that yeah which adds to the overall appearance I just in general I yeah felt like it was such a high bar that she understands half of her brand is just looking amazing yeah. and it, it so much work I think I think that's such a good point though to also say that it will be things like massages lymphatic drainage like all sorts it will be like having cryotherapy like whatever that stuff is as well as then um having lots of facials it does it like there is a lot of work that goes into it um Mm. and not that she sort of showed much of that but how successful it is like I know that doesn't come easy and just seeing her work ethic and how she was going about stuff you kind of just knew like she is grafting and Mm. it is like it's paying off. Yeah. I think also something we, I don't think we've really talked about before is I think that when us included and the rest of the world, we criticize red carpet looks and the outfits that celebrities choose. Do you think that people who are interested in fashion put, unattainable expectations on those in in Hollywood to always have a perfect look and always be looking incredible even on their down days their off days off duty moments um do we think that it's no longer about I don't know. We we just have such a high bar that we expect these people to achieve when it comes to their looks and their fashion choices. Yeah, I think we put a lot of emphasis on it. We see her getting ready for certain red carpet events and it is just, it's a lot of work. It is not just finding the dress, it's then finding the shoes, it's finding then like your general makeup aesthetic, the hair, the diamonds you're going to pair with it. Like there aren't just... I think we often just think it's the dress or it's the outfit. Mm. There are partnerships that you have then with the shoe designer, with your jeweler, with like your makeup team, your makeup team and your hair team. 
like are a real part of your like daily life and they are trying to like be creatives as well as Mm. the fashion moment so they're trying to make sure that the hair and the makeup matches the fashion moment or can help elevate it Mm. and it's like it just I think it's a lot of work I really really do Mm. um and there was like one day when she was like preparing and like we've got two hours to get ready I just thought I know that they are like there's someone doing her nails there's someone doing her makeup there's someone doing her hair there's someone like probably putting body makeup on that's not long Mm. it's really not that long yeah to get like ready and then probably have your photos and all of that stuff and get yourself in a dress or get sewn in a dress like all of that stuff yeah yeah I felt like it didn't feel long back to her glam squad we saw glimpses of her glam squad um her makeup artist is like world renowned for being her makeup artist and creating that quote-unquote j-lo glow what's his name matt barnes i think it is yeah the, yeah. yeah and he is i'm not saying that he didn't have a life before j-lo or a career before her but i know him as her makeup artist and that's how he's forged this incredible career from having such a long-standing partnership with J-Lo and people in your team she would have worked with as she mentioned before I think she said she's worked with them for 20 years like Mm -hmm. her entire career has been with some of the same people and they've been part of her evolution I think you touched on it really briefly like having a celebrity stylist is not something we've actually had an episode about but Mm. they I think people um underestimate what their role is very often when we see a celebrity go out and we think oh they're dressed shit or they're dressed really well we're like that celebrity is so good at fashion yeah They they know how to dress themselves they know their proportions they're so like you know, and we attribute all of that to the person who's wearing it. But as you've mentioned, like, no, it's their stylist who are, who either themselves have their own partnerships with brands and that's how they're able to get the newest Louis Vuitton bits straight off the runway. That's how they're able to get, you know, the newest stuff from the biggest designers or the coolest stuff from the niche designers Mm. they they have like partnerships and contracts that by association their client who's a celebrity gets to enjoy and they pull out like racks and racks of stuff for their client to try on and just to say yeah I like it no I don't and it's so much imagine just thinking of looks for every occasion for when she's going to the gym for when she's you know um they knew she was going to be doing the documentary so it was not like they did not think about what tracksuit she's going to be wearing do you know what I mean she was in Versace bathrobes and yeah her and her, her and Donatella are probably like tight but none of that is by accident you know yeah because also like like for myself I like to look nice but there's also a time and a place like I love getting ready I love getting dressed but also if I want to quickly do something 
I'll just throw on whatever and that's not going to look great. So Mm. that low maintenance, like you said, just like throw on a trackie to head out. That is none of that is coincidental. None of that is. Is the way that we would do something about, oh, I need to quickly like take my kids to school. I need to quickly do that. None of it is by accident. It is thought through because she knows she's going to be photographed. Mm. And we all know that JLo can call paparazzi on herself as well. Um, <laughs> yes. So like she's aware she's going to be seen in certain things and she's aware of that. Um, I mean, you touched on Donatella. So arguably JLo's most notorious still fashion moment is mm. that Versace dress at the MTV Awards, right? Was it MTV Awards? Yeah, I think it was. So, like, for anyone who lives on Mars, it is the green, sort of, like, tropical print, plunging neckline, and just a very sexy, very daring outfit. And then the back is low as well, isn't it? Yeah. The back is low. It's almost like the fabric is touching, like, the top of, like, her crack. (laughs) Um, and basically this fashion moment of her wearing that dress, which also we were led to believe, like, obviously there's multiple choices often for an event. So it was probably kind of like, actually, let's go for the Versace. It might not have been some big planned moment of like, we're making a big statement at the MTV Awards. I imagine she was kind of like, yeah, I'm feeling it today. I'm going to go for it. and they choose this moment and it becomes like the most searched thing on google that they create google image search Mm. because of how many people are trying to look for photos that they find they create a hub on google just for photos Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is nuts i mean like i know that that probably needed to happen anyway but this cultural fashion moment launches Google images. Yeah, it's wild. And the fact that she could have easily not have worn that dress, because to remember, like, JLo was big. At that time that she had that red carpet moment with this jungle dress or whatever it's called, um, she was big. She was in a number of films. She was making music. Like, by no means was she not a celebrity or a big deal in her own right at that time but she didn't have the longevity in her career to say that like you know like wearing this dress was necessarily planned and it, mm. the whole big moment was orchestrated just for JLo no it wasn't um she could have easily worn something else yeah who's to know that that's the thing like there's so much Every, so much that's left up to chance, you know? She, so many things have to happen for that, that fashion moment to happen. Yeah, exactly. And for like 20 years later, for her to walk the Versace runway in a kind of 2.0 version of that original dress. You know, at that, the age of what, like, I guess 49 at that point? Yeah, exactly. Showing um, even more skin than the first. Yeah. And as yeah. Donatella's like looking arguably better. Yeah. Donatella. 
I'm not <laughs> taking I wouldn't take a compliment from that woman I wouldn't uh she seems like a really cute lady honestly. yeah but she's just um, a hot mess <laughs> yeah it seems like she's plagued with insecurity yeah regarding her own her own looks yeah, yeah. um so yeah who would have thought that decades later it would still be such a fashion moment Mm. you wouldn't have guessed it I mean fashion has always been a big thing for JLo because we know that her looks of course has made her has contributed I would say about 50% (laughs) to her career don't get me wrong I love her music and I like her and her her films I, I do I love them but because she was so gorgeous and sexy, yeah. that was part of her branding. Um, like she, her red carpet moments made her. Pro- like I think that's what you're saying. Like her red carpet moments almost made her more than her music or her films. Yeah, it and was. It, yeah. yeah, and definitely, I think. I mean, there's some pretty crass moments in that she re- relives um, in the documentary about how she was like just really overly, overly sexualized. But I think that the way she looked and her sex appeal is definitely what attracted a lot of men who maybe didn't really listen to her music. They still saw her come down the red carpet and took an interest in J-Lo because she was hot. Um, but yeah, like when you when you look back at the time when she was dating Puff Daddy, P. Diddy at the time, I think, um and she like wore like the pigtails and the bandana around her head she's the sort of actress or celebrity who likes to kind of dress in tandem with her partner yeah 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 that yeah it was totally around the like the time as well of celebs like echoing their partner or Mm. turning up in like coordination or whatever um yeah Mm. so I think like when we think of Britney and Justin's match like J-Lo and P Diddy were doing that as well yeah 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 yeah. but it was a matching like rhinestone thing um and I think when she's been dating like Ben Affleck she's had a different look as well. She's doing a Kourtney Kardashian. And actually, I wonder, like, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if I do that or not. I don't really have many things to compare it to. But I wonder if we do sort of dress differently or we dress to be the version that we want to be for a person. Like, I personally don't dress to impress other people. I dress for myself. But I do think in the subconscious, you're like, oh, I think he'd like me in this. Or like, I bet that that she's sort of dressing to be the person that she thinks like, you know, we we live in our fantasy. Like, I think especially when it comes to fashion and looks, there's a fantasy moment that we have of like, Mm. I want to be like this, dress like this if like I'm with him. I want to be this person in this stage of my life. And so I wonder if she has um yeah yeah and I think also when you are with someone I know I've done this I've this is how 
me and Mr. Big have magical buses. Yes, you do. To be honest, is it? And we have uh, like matching tracksuits, but in different colors. Very cringe, but whatever. Um, you buy something for yourself, and you're like, "I'm gonna get them." One. I think I think he'll like that. <laughs> yeah, and so that can it could easily happen in that way. Maybe we're giving him the benefit of the doubt. I do think that J Lo is orchestrated in what she does. Mm. And it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if she's the sort of woman to be like, no, we got to be looking like a couple, you oh. know? And she was absolutely calling the paps on them when they were first getting together. And like, because we all know Ben Affleck does not leave the house looking like that either. So she was definitely in charge of him looking a certain type of way. Yeah, I think she would have been like, I'm wearing this. I need to see what you're wearing before we leave the house. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> Can we arrange um, for someone to iron that shirt, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even when she was married to, oh God. Uh, Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony, there you go. She had, she went through a phase of being really part of the Latin music. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and, and you know, arguably, he is a bigger star in latin music than she is yeah oh big time big time yeah so uh, in that sense i wouldn't be surprised if she was trying to align herself with him visually because he was the big star you know and you're like you're coming into his world whereas and in the same way like she was going into p diddy's world at the time so she was imitating him but with ben affleck it was like babe listen i'm i'm more hot as shit than you are in this in this this duo so i'm gonna need to style you i'm revamping your image right now yeah yeah you're on the come up because you're with me right now but like I will say I was looking at sort of like top fashion moments for JLo in research for this episode so many of them are recent because she is just because she still looks so great and she's had this resurgence I think she sort of disappeared for a bit Mm -hmm. and she's had this big resurgence kind of when she was around the time she was dating A-Rod then she's had a few movies come out obviously halftime show then with Ben Affleck, like the world's been following her and she has been serving a lot of looks and cause she's still got her body. She mm. is still able to wear those like things that are sexy or that people are like, Whoa, like didn't know that like people wear stuff like that. Like her halftime show outfits were pretty like out there considering she's like 40. Like if I can wear that at 49, I will be ecstatic like she looks great and she is really like coming into her own and it just feels like a really exciting thing a for ageism like b just for like her (laughs) but it feels like a really exciting time that we're celebrating and really applauding like a 50 year old woman's like beauty and looks yeah yeah i mean (laughs) 100% 100% I agree that she looks incredible at any age. Yeah. Uh, but it does still say something if we are saying, oh, 
we're going to celebrate J-Lo for her looks at the age of 50 because in brackets, she still looks younger than 50. She still has the body of a 20-something-year-old. She still has a face of a 30-something-year-old, 40-something, you know? So it's kind of like we still are applauding and celebrating the way she looks because she doesn't look she doesn't take on the form of someone her age, whatever that is. Yeah. She had a lot more wrinkles, saggier skin, mum bod, you know, like middle-aged mum bod, that typical kind of aesthetic, you know, um, where's a twin set. <laughs> and I love a twin set, but you know, um, more of that homely feel. We wouldn't be like, you know, putting her in, she wouldn't be exalted so much mm. um, and be enjoying this amazing new chapter of her life at the age she is now. That's true. Yeah, um, I think that's a really good point that I, I think it's really important to address that outward beauty, unfortunately, plays a really large role in how we perceive people just generally. And so, like mm. you said, if she's got flabby skin or if she was looking a bit aggy, it'd be a different story. But because she still is looking very beautiful and she's, you know, taking care of herself, she is still able to be, you know, making the same kind of headlines and like grabbing the media's attention, which, like you said, has played into her success. I think she's done like nearly 40 films. But, like, let's be honest. Have they all been that good? No. Like, I like a lot of her films. Made in Manhattan, love it. Mm -hmm. Like, there are some really good films in there. Um, But I think she owes a lot of her career to her fashion moments and to her tabloid moments. Yeah. Even when you think of Made in Manhattan, what is the one scene? The pink dress! (laughs) When oh, lit- when she's trying on that like white outfit. Yes, yes. Yeah, the one that gets like dry cleaned or something, and you don't want to like mess it up. Oh my god, I love that film. And I remember watching it. And she came out in a pink dress, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have never seen someone in a film look this incredible." Yeah. Um. So you're right. That has um those looks and those fashion moments have been integral to her fame. Mm. Um, we, we spoke about Adele briefly before in our fashion story, and that has not been the same for Adele. If anything, Adele's fame and success um, came about before, and now that she's kind of in her groove and she's wearing more luxurious fashion and she's obviously had a complete visual transformation we are now more interested in her personal life Mm. so it does garner more attention for a celebrity but for J-Lo both what she wore how she looked and her career were kind of simultaneous you know on the up at the same time um but yeah did you notice the 
I know that she would like to forget that she was with someone, a different partner at the, at the time of recording this documentary. But did you see the massive wedding ring on her finger throughout her confessionals? Yeah. Humongous. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you a question about wedding rings and celebrity. Okay. Because we all know that like De Beers back in the early 20th century came up with this notion of a wedding the value of an engagement ring has to be like two to three months of salary partner's salary which is a lot it's a lot but it was a ploy yeah yeah yeah. encourage people and and we said this before on podcast diamonds are not rare materials so (laughs) the fact that their price is so inflated when it's not even kind of yeah uh scarcely a scarce material um it's genius but I think growing up like when we were teenagers onwards celebrity engagement rings have just become bigger and bigger and bigger and there was a period of time where we would find out the value of the rings, like like with Kim K, I think yeah. we found out this is a million pound ring, yeah. and this is like five carats of diamond, solitaire diamond, all this stuff. Um, do you think that has fed into normal people and our expectations of what engagement rings are, do you think, like, we have this, like, wildly distorted image of, because we definitely have a fascination with celebrity engagement rings. Do you think that's bled into our normal lives? Like, of course, just like all of it has, I think that people now aspire for rings that are way out of their, their price range and their, their lifestyle, and like, don't get me wrong, I am someone who would like a decent ring, but I'm also aware that like, so I'm someone that if I'm having a single diamond, mm-hmm. I want it to be a big one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I also am aware that if someone can't afford that, I also would absolutely love like a, a an antique vintage ring, which is actually quite a lot cheaper than a regular ring. and mm-hmm. so. You know, I've got options, but also my thought process a little bit of how you justify the price of a ring is essentially you're wearing it for forever. Mm-hmm. Like your your cost per wear is <laughs> sublime. <laughs> but I will say that it's got obnoxious. Like I've got a ring. It's like sort of it's costume jewelry. It's like um. Is it called like fluoride or like the stone changes? Like it's like a gradient stone. It's like maybe like, and I really like it, but it's quite big and bulky. And like, it's nothing compared to like the size of JLo's ring and the celeb rings. But like, I get it stuck on things. Like I live a life, like it is not, it is not convenient for me to have this ring on. So like, I like to wear like rings every day. But this can't be part of my everyday ring collection because, like, it just gets stuck on things, like, and it's just not that convenient. And so I feel like these are the kind of rings where they're probably having to take them on and off all 
the time. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to remember that these are also celebrities where like they get lent jewels from like Lorraine Schwartz for red carpets and they will be these obnoxiously large rings. And mm-hmm. so they're probably not shy of wearing this stuff. But I think, yeah, I think the whole ginormous engagement ring stuff, first of all, probably creates a big pressure in Hollywood to Mm. outdo others and all of that stuff. But also, like, I don't know. I just think, I think that it's forgetting isn't ultimately it's someone choosing a jewellery gift for you. That is ultimately what it is. It's your Mm. partner saying, I chose this for you. I hope you like this. And as it, like, I chose it to make a commitment to you. Like, there's something so much nicer in it than I just got you, like, the biggest thing I could ever afford. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're right. That's a a really interesting point. It's more about, I chose this ring because... I think this will suit you. I think this is something that you will like. Yeah. If if I know you well enough, I think I've made a good call on this because it suits who you are as a person. I think it will look amazing on you as opposed to, well, I just got really shamed because I walked yes. into, I walked into the jewelers. They knew they could tell who I was because yeah. I was famous. and they tried to sell me the most expensive thing. And I'm also concerned about, well, the bloggers are going to say if it's expensive enough, is it fancy enough? Um, and now there is a, a tendency. I'm not saying if it's bad or good, but there's a tendency for the person who's going to be receiving the ring to almost put their order in early. Be like, listen, if you're going to get me a ring, this is what I want. This is the size, this dimension, this is the cut, this is the color. Don't get me anything else. yeah and I I think I would be really careful to do to do that like I I I would hope Mm -hmm. that someone would know me well enough if they are choosing to buy me a ring to know what I want without like I'm well I'm not the kind of girl that like it's one ring or it's nothing Mm -hmm. but I actually would love to see what someone who loves me wants to pick for me yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I actually think there's something really lovely in that. That, and also maybe I wouldn't pick that, but maybe it means more because you did, or you've picked that for a certain reason, or sentimental, or whatever it might be, or because I once said I love this, and you picked up on it, or whatever it might be. You know what it is? What? It's a level of trust in the other person. Yeah, I feel really sad when men get robbed of that. Some people maybe don't want to choose that, but I think that's like. That's part of the beauty of it, no? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, but I don't know if I'm that person. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I like, think like. If, if I didn't like it, I'd be gutted. And I'd really have to tell them, like, this is not okay. <laughs> is this what you think of me? Is this what you think of me? <laughs> A heart-shaped diamond? Are you kidding? <laughs> it comes six. <laughs> You think I want a princess diamond? Where's the rest of it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And like there's someone like J-Lo who genuinely does, she's a dancer at heart, isn't she? Yeah. She's not doing all these lifts and spins with this. Not with that ring on. 
She's not. She's not a Kim Kardashian who just her job is to get dressed. Yeah. She can wear that sort of thing. Um, taking it off. I know they have bodyguards, but then what do you put in your bodyguard's pocket and be like, mm. while I'm here with the dancers, can you just hold this for? And yeah. the insurance policy on these rings and things. It's it's beyond what is rational and I don't care how how rich you are you're right it's gonna get caught in the fabric of your jumper isn't it yeah and also when you have a massive ring like that because the weight is it doesn't fit your finger properly yeah swings to the back because (laughs) the weight falls to the back isn't it (laughs) there's a lot of logistics with these things that no one thinks about (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a good job we're not going to get a five mil diamond anytime soon. I actually don't want one, though. So, you know, future Mr. Scar, if you're listening, I don't want a five mil diamond. No, 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 no. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crazy. But I did think it was a bit of a flex that in her confessionals, she was wearing really casual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really pared down and then... Bam. It was like, oh, this old thing. And oh my god, they didn't. But also because they were trying the to, they were, they were trying to like edit out a rod though as well. So I feel like it was a real. I would feel so disrespected if I bought that ring for her. She was wearing the ring. She was happy about that. But my face, like, just I think it popped up. If I was a rod, I think he popped up once. Once, and he was like. You could tell there was a hard edit at points where he sort of entered, yeah. Or he was about to speak and then hard edit, like. <laughs> and that's why they had, like, the weirdest segue of Ben Affleck for, like, five minutes. I don't know why they allowed Ben Affleck to speak in this documentary. It was, he didn't bring any new information. No insightful dialogue from him. He just, she just wanted him part of it. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I will say, if they make it to the altar, and I say that because JLo notoriously has been engaged a lot, um, I can't wait. Like, we know we're going to, like, see a lot of looks. and It's going to be a big moment. It's going to be a big fashion moment. It'll be exciting. Do you think she'll do that thing where older couples who are getting married do that low-key wedding thing? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I think it's gonna be massive. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I am looking forward to it. Mm. If that's the case, if they make it down the aisle. Um, but yeah, would you say, taking everything into consideration, that J Lo is a fashion icon? Or just a really well-dressed, beautiful woman? I think she's a really well-dressed, beautiful woman who's had a few iconic moments, probably mm. thanks to her styling team, would be my evaluation. Mm. How about you? I think JLo has an iconic body which has allowed her have these iconic fashion moments the famous plunging green dress was such a moment because it was like wow look at her pull off this plunging at the front plunging at the back 
high legs, split, flowy dress. It was almost like it was such a difficult dress to pull off, but she did it so comfortably as well. Yeah. What's made her have these amazing fashion moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really hope that doesn't sound like, like I've reduced her to just a body because she's obviously, she's, you know, she's a talent. She's a beautiful woman and whatnot. Um, but from a, from a fashion perspective, I think what makes her iconic is she has, from what I can tell, a natural body. Mm. And a different body type to what was conventional beauty then. She wasn't a straight up and down. She had boobs. She had curves. It was quite different to what we saw on the red carpet. And she played to that. And like, good for her because like, we need to see different body types and we don't just want to see these really skinny scalectrics. But her body in the clothes is quite important. Like, it's a bit like Kim, right? Her body is half of the brand or like more than half, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Jayla, she's not a, she's had lots of different looks in her career. So it's not like she dresses in a particular way. By and large, she's quite a, like a sophisticated well-dressed woman Mm. um so I don't know if there's a particular look that I could say that's the JLo aesthetic but I think it's if it's a dress that needs a a chef's kiss body that is what's sign her up Nick yeah 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 Queen JLo so what's our poll for this episode I feel like the question you asked, I don't know if it's like a bit of a harsh one, but like, is JLo a fashion icon or is she someone who's had iconic fashion moments? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that will be um, a theme for if we continue on this. Question. Yeah, that'll be the the fashion icon poll. Mm. Yeah. It's difficult to be a fashion icon. I think that there's... Are you laughing at the fact that my name can't see you? <laughs> <laughs> like I literally I know, can just see like red shimmer shit. of one earring. <laughs> well, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Style Over Substance, guys. Don't forget to check out our Instagram or Spotify to respond to this week's poll. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.